You're listening to the Zenial Dadcast. All right, all right. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Mo. Uh, on today's episode, I'm going to have a chat with an old friend, Mr. Jeff Vangel. Jeff and I got a chance to connect over Zoom this past week, and I thought about speaking to him because he is uh, someone I met in, in the t- early 2010s through a band called Optimo. He was the lead singer. I was the bassist, and I featured them on this show before. He is a really talented guy, really warm-hearted dude. But I've known him so long and I realized I've never actually spoken to him about fatherhood or, or that change, uh, that switch from non-father to father. And he's gone through it. Uh, I've now gone through it. He's a proud father of two living in Massachusetts. And I do get to see him for a little bit every time I go visit. But I thought, you know, he's always active on social media. He's always posting things that he's doing with his family on Facebook. And I really admired that, and I wanted to just see if we could sit down and talk about, reminisce a little bit about the music, about what music means to us now as fathers, and sort of take on some of those challenges that um, I think all parents have to have to come across. Today's band to dig out is uh, Left Hand Does, band from Massachusetts that I think you're going to dig. Uh, and so without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, I will say this. The, uh, the Zoom connection wasn't great, so there might be occasional dropouts and whatnot, but uh, hopefully you'll enjoy my conversation with Jeff. With music, you have to put aside time for that, if that's, you know, if that's what you love doing. And, you know, I've always loved writing songs and writing music. And you had mentioned the pandemic, and I think that really sort of rekindled it. Because, you know, for, there was a... Right. I'm there when I was I was laid off in my first hit now you know because I work in the healthcare industry so they kind of had to shut everything down for a little bit oh wow. and I didn't know that I was laid off for a month and a half. I I felt like a teenager again in some ways that I never had so much time on my hands and I knew it wasn't gonna last so I think that's when I really started like picking up the guitar again so and, when the uh, um, when and, the, pan- you know, when the pandemic to... uh, when the pandemic hit you how long were you basically with free time um quite a bit i mean because i mean i wasn't working so i was <laughs> you know i was you know i knew i was going to be going back to work but yeah. you know there was there wasn't really a lot to do so you, you like i think you know as a family we went out for hikes you know we tried to always go for a walk every day with the family and go out and do that and then you know we'd be like all right kids you know go outside and play or you know you can watch a movie or, or you know, and that's when, you know, I felt like I had the, you know, because I, I would be coming home from work exhausted. It's like I had this time during the day and I'm like, well, I'm never going to have this again. You know, why not pick up the guitar, start writing again? And I started writing that, you know, you know, I wrote a few new acoustic songs and it was great. Yeah. Have you been so so since the pandemic ended and, and the, you know, businesses have started opening up, have you ever have you ventured out to to open mics and done anything out publicly? Uh, not, not many. No, I, um, there was a couple in Norfolk here in the town I live in. Mm-hmm. There's a really great lo- local artist. And I'd like to take a shout out to him. His name's Kendo and he's, he's great. I mean, he's got this 
I call him like the man with a velvet voice because he's got this great vocal range and he he plays up on the town hill he's he's plays a lot of gigs in the community and he kind of got me he started running this open mic at this coffee shop mm -hmm. this place Silla's. that's a local coffee joint and you know we were doing some open mics up there for a while and then you know they kind of had to shut it down for a little bit you know because i think it was it wasn't you know oh working for them or, or they wanted to kind of change things around right but um it was it was great for a while doing that and then actually just last week like i said mentioned my friend on the south shore mm -hmm. uh, he had a big party uh grand opening a re-grand opening from music unlimited and we got to go down there and play a few tunes at the shop for oh, people awesome, and everything yeah. it was a lot of fun yeah. yeah and like i said it's great you know just to play with someone again, had or have another instrument in the background rather than just my guitar and my voice. So mm -hmm. it was awesome. Right on, man. How, how are your kids doing? That? How, how did they adapt to the to the lockdown? Was that a tough one for them as well? Or did they sort of, my kids, so, you know, Benny, Benny uh, was what, four when it happened. So he was going to uh, pre-kinder. And so they, they closed down school. We're lucky in the sense that we, we live in a relatively big apartment. He's a single kid. So, single child so he had plenty of room yeah. to run around and then at the like the first floor of the building there's a kids park and there, there are barely any kids in the building it's mostly old people so he would we would go down and play there a lot so he, yeah. he kind of handled it okay How, how'd your kids do they handled it pretty well i mean i i, th I think lucas had a little more trouble because where anna's school where, where my little one was milo he goes up to the british school yeah. with her and they stayed open through mm -hmm pretty much through through the pandemic and you know they did a lot of testing they oh, wow. they did a lot of like the you know the, the spacing and uh, everything mm -hmm. they really and they actually were really successful um with doing that so i and i think where mile was very little i don't think he really understood a lot that was going on with it yeah you know because he was pretty much like three 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 and four mm -hmm. five at the time you know yeah so I think it phased him but it did it definitely phased lucas my older son a little mm -hmm. bit because his school went remote for some days and we didn't really know what we were going to do because both me and anna work wow. and so luckily we found this couple that opened up it was um like this mini school i guess they uh, up in uh, medfield mm -hmm. where you know they had the kids all it was basically like a, a school for remote learning where you know they had the kids all spaced out six you know six feet and everything and um but so but i had to take him there every day in medfield you know he didn't really know anyone because it was all kind of different kids from all around the area and it wasn't like his right. friends he knew from the town and so i think that was hard for him like his day was a lot longer you know and i think just learning remotely where you're always looking at a screen you're not getting that one-on-one -on -one time with a teacher mm -hmm. they're just kind of doing lessons through one of those chromebooks and I think he found it hard and um, and I think he missed his friends and it was tough for him, you know, but he got through, you know, he was really, I was really proud of him. He was really, you know, he got through it, you know, and what the greatest thing about it is when they finally went back to school, Yeah. the Norfolk public school, like just really started loving school again and being with his friends. Cause there was a while there where I felt like he's not enjoying school. This isn't good. I don't, I don't, you know, like anyway, when, I, when I was, you know, when I was that age, I don't remember particularly enjoying school. I didn't hate school. Been, yeah, it was just something you had to do. You necessarily yeah. didn't love it, but 
you didn't hate it. It was just kind of like, okay, this is school. Mm-hmm. But that's what the one interesting thing about it, because I think it went from this dynamic where it really wasn't fun. He really wasn't like with his friends. Everything was online. And then w- when you when you don't have you know that normal school and you go back to it, it's like, wow, this you know, you know, he really did enjoy it when finally got back to normal. I just, you know, Someone. what if, what if that, so, so what if that pandemic had happened when we were kids, right? We're talking like eighties, uh, yeah, eighties, early nineties, uh, or for you, uh, how, like what, what, what year were you born, Jeff? I know you're older than me, but I don't know how, how much older you are. Uh, I got to reveal that, huh? Uh, 1976. Yeah. Hot thing, <laughs> hot thing. All right. Uh, so, I mean, if, if, if the pandemic had happened when you were, when you were, you know, your, uh, your son's age. Um, what would have happened? What would they have done? They would have just sent the textbooks to our parents and they would have just had to teach us. Yeah, probably something like some sort of assignments you'd pick up, you know, every day at school and you'd, they'd probably bring it home and yeah, man. I don't know. But yeah. then I like both my public school teachers, you know, they had to work. So like, I don't know, like, what would they have gotten babysitters that would, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to think of how we would handle that. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were young, I think technology really served its its purpose, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For the pandemic, you know. And for, for this time, it really helped out huge with, you know, not even just with school, but just from seeing family, like having Skype or um, yeah. FaceTime, yeah. you know, with the parents where they're overseas. You know, she couldn't see her parents or her family for three years because people couldn't travel. And thank God for things like that. Imagine if she never had that when we, during our time, just not yeah. seeing your parents for three years yeah, and talking yeah. to them through letters or something. Or an occasional <laughs> yeah, long wild. distance phone. Yeah, yeah, you know. I remember when, when I was a kid, you know, my, my mom used to, we, we would have, we had family here in La Paz and she would have to buy those calling cards. You have to prepay for minutes yeah. to do international calls. You have to dial like 20 digits just to get the phone to ring. Yeah, then it'd be like, you have 30 seconds left before <laughs> this call disconnects. <laughs> and now you can do and that for like, free on Facebook. It's amazing. Yeah. See, I remember I worked at Kinko's and it was something like when we would set up like business, there was like this video, it was a service they offered there. It was like video conferencing. Mm-hmm. And hardly anyone ever done it. Anyone ever did it. Must you, you were this big company had a lot of money, and it was something like they could rent out this video conferencing for like two thousand dollars for an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just funny to think about that now. And that was only in like the year two thousand one. And now it's like, yeah, you just hit FaceTime and you have it on your phone as yeah. well. That's mobile. So it's free. When I think about Bolivia, man, so if you think about Bolivia, uh, you have a country that for for like the longest time didn't have it's access technology. to, yeah, didn't have access to uh, to internet, like most of the country. Now you have good access in most major cities and it's, it's good. But the generation that grew up with, um, the generation that grew up with technology in Bolivia they really went from having no technology, no no internet access to having it on your phone. You know, like they didn't go through that interface where you have to buy a, a computer, right? To to have the internet connected. Uh, they just went straight to having it on their phone. It's a, it's a weird thing to think about. They just went straight to it. And oh, wow. It speaks to, yeah. And, and you know, I look yeah. at my kid, he's a pro on the phone. 
All right, we'll take a we'll take a quick music break from our conversation and talk a little bit about our band to dig out on this episode called Left Hand Does. This is a band that I stumbled across when I was just looking through some old connections I had through social media. And I found these guys connected to uh, Optimo, which is the band Jeff and I were, were part of together. They were connected to us uh, via our old MySpace page. So this was one of those where I just I was just poking around looking for something new to, to listen to, and I stumbled across this band. It, it appears like they're still, uh, they're still active. They got a lot of releases on Spotify. We're going to listen to a song uh, called Big Exit, which is a track pulled from their Yekum Chekum release in, uh, I love the name, in, in 2017. Uh, and this is such a cool sound, such a cool band uh, that I'm so glad I stumbled upon them. So hopefully you'll enjoy it. This is called Big Exit by Left Hand Does. <laughs> Walk out of the 
sign of the times. Yep. Great so Queens. Very, very what? Sorry. So that's a great Queens Rike song. Been really listening to that. <laughs> been really into Queens Rike lately. I don't know why. I've been on this big kick listening to a lot of their older stuff. So it's. <laughs> you know, that, that's another thing I was I was thinking about. Uh, you know, when we talk about getting older and, and whatnot, it's, does it? Do you find do you find it that it's harder for you to listen to new music? Not because you don't like it. It's just you're not interested in listening to, uh, I guess, people younger than you. Like, do you find, do you ever think about that? Sometimes I'll, I'll like listen to something that, you know. Uh, yeah, a little just, bit. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, God, I never thought I'd be that person because you always think like when you're younger, it's like, why don't my parents like this? Right. It's Metallica, this is cool. They're like, oh, what? You know, it's like a different generation of music. And then, I mean, I'd love to find new stuff that sounds similar, but I think, I don't know if I, it's because I don't have the energy. <laughs> Or, but, you know, because before you used to turn on the radio and you'd listen to, you know, they'd spin whatever, spin anything. And then that's what how bands got big. Now it's, I mean, you don't really hear of rock bands anymore. I mean, at least that's, that's true. That's a lot of the style that at least I like. It seems like a lot of kids these days just, you know, or what's at least popular or top 40s pop or like pop country or something or some sort of like techno hip hop that which is great I, i mean i love all kinds of music and i think it's it's cool but it's it's not always like my thing i'm always trying to look for the next like zeppelin or sabbath you know <laughs> you know what's funny is i was watching i don't know why I, i'm thinking about this but uh so during the pandemic right one of the things that, that me and my son did a lot together is just watch movies and uh one of the movies that, that i think got released exclusively through netflix and that you know they started doing that uh was the trolls sequel Trolls 2. Yeah. That that's have you seen that movie? Have you seen have you watched it with your kids? Yeah, a little bit. I think I've I've kind of walked in it's, and out of watching it. It's all about so it's all about the genres of music hating each other uh or specifically hating pop because pop always comes in and messes it up and you know remixes it and and I just thought yeah. god damn I'm one of those you know I'm one of those trolls like they just they just <laughs> like their own little corner. They don't want to mix with they don't want to do collaborations. They don't want to you know, create subgenres. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, talking about like our kids and music and, um, you know, Lucas was really into, you know, watching Scooby-Doo and we, yeah, I think we rented from the library, this Scooby-Doo, like Kiss. It was like Kiss mm -hmm. meets Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. And he was just loving the songs. I was, he was like, uh, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And he's like, dad, can we get, can, can we download some Kiss? And we started like listening to like Shout It Out Loud and a lot of those Detroit Rock City and, You know, I was made for loving you, and he was really digging these songs. Oh, I mean, I was, never, I was never like a big Kiss fan, mm -hmm. but I love that he he liked that arena rock sort of, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of kids don't really, and you know, you know, they're not really in, into it like the way we were. And I thought to myself, you know, that was one of the things I bought tickets right before the pandemic. I'm like, oh, I'm man. gonna take Lucas to a Kiss concert because when you think about it, you know, talk about music and new music, you know. Yeah there's never going to be that again or at least it doesn't feel that way exactly but there's going to be like being a rock like once like acdc kiss metallica guns and roses once they're gone like kids are never going to be able to see big arena rock shows and like feel that energy yeah and i thought i'm like i gotta like i want him to at least experience this you know you know and 
for a, a while there, I thought it was never going to happen with the pandemic. And then eventually they rescheduled it and we went and, you know, he just had a blast, you know, seeing all the pyrotechnics and he was, he was loving it. It was just so cool. It was such a cool, like father and son moment just for, I mean, I think, uh, <laughs> I think I remember seeing the post on it. Cause you posted on Facebook, something I thought was amazing. Uh, it's so funny yeah. how something like kiss, which in its time was considered pretty edgy and controversial, right? Yeah. And it's time. It's not something you would ever listen to with, you know, a young child. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's, and now it's, you, you go, you're not the only father. I'm sure there's tons of fathers who have taken their kids to kiss concerts in the last decade or so. Oh yeah. I mean, it's funny because you see, you saw so many like parents there with like young kids with their face painted and you've never seen a show where it's like half the audience leaves halfway through just because it's like, all right, my kid got to see it and we got to go. They're, they're starting to fall asleep, you know, but just for them to have that experience, or see yeah, that arena, it was important. It was important to me. And I, and I think and he really enjoyed it. He wanted to see it and see what it, it was just, all about. Uh, they just retired, right? They just had their last show in, in Colombia. Like, well, so they say, <laughs> you think so? I don't know. Jeans looking They've pretty tired. For like 30 years <laughs> that this is, this is it. This is the last tour, but, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? That's that's right. Who knows, man? Who knows? Fucking Christ. You know, and, you know, with, with uh, Taylor Hawkins passing away a few, yeah. uh, what is it, like a month ago? What a fucking tragedy that is. That was a um, tough one. Or, yeah. Just a brilliant drummer. Too oh, way too young, you know? Had you ever seen the Foo Fighters live? Yeah, I saw them at, well, I've only seen, I saw them once, but I saw them at Fenway Park. And I think, you know, that's when Dave Grohl, I think he got in some sort of accident. And he was sitting on this huge throne, like he had a big cast on his leg, and he, uh, yeah, and he okay. was like headbanging, like playing his guitar with this big cast on this huge, like ridiculous throne with like these. You never <laughs> saw you never saw that video online when he broke his foot. That must have been on that same tour. He uh, oh he... yes, that's what it was from. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I remember getting a broken leg. But you, now that you mentioned that, I do remember that video now that that circulated when he broke his foot. Yeah. That's wild, man. What a great drummer. He was a really great drummer. That's one of those drummers, right, in, in one of those bands where you uh, you can hear the distinct style of drumming, right? You can hear that distinct sound that, like, Foo Fighters, I'm a bassist, right? So Foo Fighters, their bassist is good, but nothing nothing special. Like, I could be the bassist for the Foo Fighters. It's, it's really, there's nothing too identical, you know, not like a flea. When, when you talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, yeah. So well, every band that identity, you know, that certain like thing where it's like, oh, that's their, you know, like, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Taylor's hands were just so fast, you know? Yeah, man, he was such a creative drummer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that him and Dave's musicianship together and the way they bounce off each other, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes, you know, the bass doesn't have to be like this insane things sometimes it, it works because other elements are picking up you know that's why it makes every band unique you know or you know looking at our band with optimo right i mean i felt like you really carried like the rhythm i mean it was very bass driven and you know where i think with all of all other bands i played with it was always kind of like the guitar riff or the strumming that would so kind of set the tone and i always felt like with optimo you just start just wailing like on these like riffs and like these rhythms <laughs> and it allowed Matt to sit back and add that color. And you can really kind of hear like 
his Primus inspiration sort of coming out. You know, That's him cool. just yeah, kind of yeah. letting him, him sort of letting like you do that rhythm, and he would come up with all these like great little licks and it's just all and, and then just with matt and on drums with his consistency i mean every every i think everyone in, you know in our band really made it unique i guess it was cool but i always felt like the bass just really drove it, and it was- i think it's easier yeah bands with two guitars you definitely have that that um that need for the bass to hang back and be and be foundational you know yeah uh whereas when it's only one guitar there there is that empty space where you do want the bass yeah. to carry a lot of a lot more of the load and then that that opens it up for the guitar player to kind of fill out the room right exactly yeah absolutely and that's one of the nice things like when you know revisiting that album or listening to it you really hear everybody's instrument you know where some you know stuff stuff doesn't always get drowned out you know so it's cool you know it's it's fun to revisit that album once you know once in a while I think it's great that you took your kids to see kiss i think that's uh and it's going to be something they they uh they're going to remember you know i had a similar thing with with benny right because benny also watches those kids like trolls too is a perfect example there's a there's a ozzy osbourne song in that and so he'll listen to it he'll be singing it you know at the top of his lungs and now I'll, I'll just play it on spotify just play the original version just to see what happens and he, he's at that age where he just rejects it he doesn't he doesn't understand that that's that the song is older than what he's real like. He he experienced it on Trolls too, and that's the version for him. So, but I know I know we're gonna have that. I know we're gonna have that where he'll discover something. And what's really what's been really nice is that uh, I've been in a couple of bands, and Optimal's one of them. Where I'll listen to it around the house, and I'll you know I first had it with my younger brother. He's ten years younger than I am, and then I had it recently with with Benny. And the song that they both gravitated to on the Optimal record was uh, was Wake Up. They really, really dig that tune. And it's just the catchy, I think it's the catchiest one maybe of, of, the, of the bunch. Yeah, I think all the changes really work well in it. And I love my favorite, I think it's probably my favorite part of that album is the, the, the musical section of it. Mm-hmm. I, I just think Matt, Matt's solo, guitar solo in that is just... There's so many different layers of it and just it goes to different places like just listening to that solo that he does in that song it, it tells a story and it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of do that because sometimes you know guitar solos can just sound like noodling and there's no soul to it no like and i think the way like your bass rhythms like overlap with his guitar so i i just think it's that's really the sweet spot of the album is that that musical that that solo, that bridge part, where right, you guys right. really jam it out. I just sit back with a tambourine and have fun. <laughs> That's have the your, best part. Have your kids listened to it? Have they yeah. have they shared yeah. any uh, any opinions yeah. on the matter? Yeah, it's funny. Lucas, every once in a while, likes it. He's like, "Oh, daddy, can we listen to your CD? Do you get your CD?" And like every once in a while, like he'll, you know, he'll want to hear That's it. Awesome. It's it it's funny. You know, it's fun. It's a good feeling, you know. It's a good feeling because a, it's good. Like it's good music. It's not. It's not terrible. We we did a re- decently good job recording it, and uh, and the end product sounds good. I think it sounds. You know, I, I, if I if I think critically about it, it's, it sounds like a like a really good demo, right? It probably isn't the finished product that I would say if we had all the money in the world, this is what I wanted to sound like. But it yeah. sounds it sounds pretty awesome for what we what we got out of it, what we put into it. Yeah, for what we, we put into it, I, you know, I always felt like um, 
and it's gonna it's oh, gonna outlive you man yeah. it's gonna outlive us it's gonna be something that your kid's gonna be able to show his kid and and so on you know yeah um, maybe they'll they'll shoot it on a satellite into space and it'll travel light years to a, another planet one day yeah right <laughs> you know we we still got some of those like uh, on the on the facebook page we have some of those uh videos from the middle east and i don't know where else <laughs> And, that, and I'm probably like in a couple and a handful of other videos from other bands on YouTube and stuff. So every now and then I'll go through, I'll go in the rabbit hole and just start watching every one of them with my kid just to see if he recognizes me, just to see if he's out. Yeah. Hey, would you think this is cool? And then just to see if he kind of, you know, sees who's who's in that video. Yeah, no, I, I think I came, I came across one of those videos watching and uh, I just couldn't believe how skinny I was. I was, <laughs> I was like a little... <laughs> I was like landscaping and everything back then. And I was just like super skinny. Like I was That's like, right, Oh my man. God, I was just working like a dog. And I just, and I'm like, God, now I'm like a desk jockey. And you know, I'm 45. I'm not <laughs> about 30 years old anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were fun times for sure. Like middle East or emergenza playing at the paradise and all that. It was a lot of fun just to be able to play those clubs you kind of grew up with and going to see bands that and just you know to be a part of that you know in that boston scene you know that yeah. was kind of meant to me it was it was cool to, to do that and it's sort of it's sort of what, what inspired me to start doing this because there's so many bands out there we played with you know on, on any given dive bar gig yeah. we, we we shared the bill with some genius acts some great bands some not so great bands but there was always this like spark of creativity across across the city right and oh uh, yeah it's sort of like so so kind of circling back to what we were talking about before where you don't really feel like listening to new music or you know younger people singing about their problems but i sort of got into this this kind of rabbit hole like i'll, I'll sometimes look at um I, I, a couple of days ago, because we were we were talking about doing this, <laughs> I found our old MySpace page, the optimal MySpace page, and yeah. you can you can go to the connection section and you see you see all these connected bands that were were part of that that time era. And I found a couple of really good bands that are are on Spotify, and so that's actually something that I've been really um, I've been really enjoying. It's just kind of finding these diamond in the rough bands that. Maybe they're still together. Maybe they're not. Maybe they continued made, making music. Maybe it was just a, a youth thing. But there's some awesome bands out there with tons of music out there. So I've but been really sure unlimited amounts of good music oh. out there. And I think I think a lot of it too is, you know, it, if we were still playing, I, th I think sometimes when you're part of that community and you're and it, and you're playing in a band and then no. you have other you have other bands on the bill with you. You know, they start becoming your your friends and then you you want to support them and you know you become fans with them and they're and they're fans of yours and, and you're all friends and you're kind of this big community and you know that's one of the things i do miss i, I love right. that that camaraderie with bands and and i think that's what it, it's something like that 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 makes you you know go out and listen to new bands and and appreciate everybody's you know different talents right and right. you know so i think it, it you know if you really immerse yourself in the, the music community and um, you know, you're still playing out there, you're playing in bands. I think 
you discover a lot of good music because I felt like, like you're saying, going back and on that MySpace page and seeing all these bands that we played with, there was some, like you say, there were some bad ones, but there was oh, some man. fun yeah. ones. They're just, <laughs> just great people, you know, just some yeah. fun people that, that we met along the way. And um, yeah. When you talk about uh, Emergenza, right? We, we played that Emergenza show. And uh, I remember your, your buddy, Nate Cordry came to see that show. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I still have that set list. You know, I made him give me an autograph on the set list. And it's one of the few things, you know, since my time living in Boston and everything that's happened since, it's one of the few things that I've managed to hold on to. It's like in a, in a binder somewhere that's just tra it's traveled half the world with me, man. And every now and then, I'm just like poking through it. I'll find the set list. It's, uh, I, you know, my biggest, my biggest regret from youth and maybe the biggest advice I would give to my brother, who's 10 years younger, so he's in his mid-20s. I also got a couple of cousins who are also like doing the band thing and doing their thing in Boston, is don't, don't, uh, don't skimp on the memorabilia. Like, we never did T-shirts for our band because, you know, we didn't have money. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we did, I wish we had done more. I wish, we, I, I wish I had a collection of the flyers and, you know, uh, I mean, you got CDs, but t-shirts stickers like i wish we would have done more to hold on to i know we were just wondering where we were going to get the next batch of chicken nuggets for like yeah, the man. dollar <laughs> <laughs> no for sure man yeah definitely like you know like you know like my but like my friend who opened that music store like when he opened it up he had like t-shirts for the grand opening he had like oh, man. little like picks or keychain clip you know mm -hmm. he's you know he's really good at marketing his product and you know, I think when when we were young, you know, probably didn't have enough, didn't have a lot of money. You know, we were all money was always kind of tight for us. You know, I think yeah, with, with a lot of our money, you know, we used to for jam space. You know, because that, that wasn't cheap. You know, we all had to kind of throw in a lot to do that. And you know, it, I mean, it was great to be able to make the CD. But yeah, I I would agree with you with that. It would have been nice to. Is, know, is, is, uh, is Jam Spot still around? Did they did they survive the pandemic? You know, I believe it is. Yeah, I I. Gosh, I really don't know, but like, I could have sworn I've seen some stuff like advertised for them, like oh, Jam Spot, they're still around, but I, I can't recall, but I, th I believe they are. So let me ask you something. Every time I've come, or at least for the last couple of visits, every time I visit Boston, we make a point to to get together for a beer or, or some food, right? The four of us. Yep. Uh, is that? Are you able to see them more often? Or is that the only time you've been able to sit down with with Matt and Matt to grab a bite? I would I'd say there's been a few other times in between that, you know, without you, because obviously, you know, you in South America. Um, right. But not not really. I mean, it's pretty much like when we all get together, we try to, you know, I, you know, with having the kids, it's it's just really tough for all of us to like to get on the same page and get together, but. At the same time, there's really kind of no excuse either. Like we, we definitely. <laughs> I mean, every every time I get together with those guys, it's awesome. Or you know, yeah. but I mean, there's been a few times, you know, that you know, you know, I went up to Matt's, both of their places, um, a couple times for like some of the kids' uh, birthdays. You know, Mimi and mm -hmm, and uh, mm -hmm. that's awesome. And, and Matt, you know, both yeah. Matts, they came down for I think some of the couple parties we had here. Like a little bit here and there, but you know, not 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 a lot. It's not as um, 
memorable is, you know, <laughs> with you, you know, we we need Mo Murillo in the mix, you know. Well, that's that's mighty kind of you to admit here on uh No, a it's great, man. I love. It. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I miss hanging out with you, man. I miss I miss jamming with you. I miss like uh, you know I miss all those days there. It's, and more than anything, you know, it's it, it's just great hanging out with all you guys and seeing you all again. And it's it I, I you know it's, it's cool we'll just to all get together and reminisce and talk about stuff and just laugh about the same dumb shit we used to always laugh about. You know, I remember I remember uh, I don't know if it was with you or but I remember I went to a show. Uh, the Lizard Lounge. You remember the Lizard Lounge before it closed? Oh, yeah. Lounge? That was a fantastic little oh, club downstairs. Man. I remember going to that, uh, to a show, and I don't remember who, who the band was, but they were they were a bunch of old-timers. And they were just playing, you know, blues songs, old standards, but really rocking versions of them, you know? And they were really old, older guys, but they sounded fucking amazing. And you go down the stairs in that club, and it was uh, the state. They had the stage sort of in the center of the room, so the crowd was yeah. surrounding them on all sides. Yeah, it had that big Oriental rug, and the yeah, oh, man. the crowd's all around it, and it's just. And I, yeah. I, I remember thinking it's it made such an impression on me because I remember thinking when I go back to the states, you know, all I want to do is be an old man playing in a band like that in a in a dive bar like this, like that's all yeah. I want. I would be, I would, it would be, it'd make me so happy if. We do want to go back to the States. So I just want to go back and just start a band with a bunch of old-timer contemporaries of mine and just play uh, weekly gigs at dive bars uh, as much as possible. I think that's that to me <laughs> that, would be the definition of success. If I could just get that and be, that'd be great, man. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a plan. Yeah. You know, I've always said that too, you know, once the kids get a little older, and I have a little more time to myself. Exactly. Know, be, yes. It's only a matter to, of time. Would be great to get back into that, do that again. Yeah. But Nimi's got to retire at some point, right? He can't be a doctor forever. Be a doctor forever. So, <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Uh, and how? So I know. I know. I asked you this already uh, on the messenger. Uh, it sounds like you're you're getting out and, and seeing music and stuff. Um, do you and your wife get get to uh, get to leave the house much now that the world's opened up again? Are you guys just grinding it out? We go out here and there. I mean, we yeah. you know, go, you know, we'll go for dinner. You know, once in a while. You know, I've finally been able to go to a couple shows. That's um, awesome, man. Even to sporting events. My gosh, right. like I, I took uh, Lucas to the Red Sox game last week and just the sea of people in the city and all the people that are out and about. It was just wild. You know, it's just like, Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, yeah, this is, this is how life should be. You know, it was great. Just being around a bunch of people and, and seeing the city kind of come back to life. It's great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that too. It's been a while since I've seen a Sox game. <laughs> I'm really, there are times where I get really nostalgic about Boston. I mean, I, I start missing, you know, it's, it's odd. It's like, you, you never, you never, you never feel more American than when you're not in the states. And when I when I moved out, there was such a there was such a feeling of adventure and being romantic about just exploring and, and living outside of your your hometown for a little bit. Uh, yep. And then and I still like I still very much like living where I'm living and La Paz is a great city, but 
I don't miss the States as much as I miss Boston. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's such, a, there's such yeah. an identity, so much of, a, of someone's identity is tied to specifically that city, you know, that hub that they that they uh, grew up around. Uh, well, that's some, definitely that feel about it. I mean, yeah. it's home for a lot of people. I mean, I grew up around this area, and yeah, a lot of the other states I've been to, they're great, but it's nothing like being back back here. And I think everybody, you know, everybody does really embrace, you know, the city and the and just you know whether it be the teams, you know, some of the, the local bands or just just yeah. the area. The, restaurants like you know you go somewhere on florida where you you know everything's a chain or everything's some everything's a grid you know and boston it, you know it, it weaves it sidewinds everywhere it's got somerville it's got cambridge it's got so much history tradition and it's got, it's got little it, yeah. mom and pop shops little like unique restaurants like like you wouldn't find like a davis square somewhere like in florida you know you'd find like an applebee's or in like a a Popeyes on the corner and then it would just repeat itself for like miles, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny is people, people from Florida would probably love that, right? That's their hometown. <laughs> yeah. Just, they don't want to change either. They, they, they look at Boston. What is Jesus? What, look at the traffic and the noise. And What is this place? The burn, you know? <laughs> oh man. I do. I do miss the city a lot. And I was talking to my brother uh, recently about, that sound right because you know our band we're a progressive jam band you know um just like hard rock i think uh but it was really part of that sort of i to me at least right with the group of bands that i was involved with the the boston sound you know i think a lot of people would attribute what, what i when they think boston they might think of the band boston or they might think of uh Errol smith or they might think of the mighty mighty Boston's, or they might think of the Dropkick Murphys, right? Uh, yeah. That's that's a pretty like you know to go from Aerosmith to the Dropkick Murphys. In between, you got some ska from the Boston's. Uh, but I always felt, at least with our generation and the, our group of you know bands that we were surrounded by, it was always very much that sort of semi-progressive, uh, weird art house kind of rock, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know, like, I, I feel like, to me, that's what the Boston sound is. Maybe if you look at the 70s, it's more towards Aerosmith type stuff. Maybe yeah. 90s, it might be Dropkick Murphys, kind of punk I, era kind of thing. Uh, I think Boston in the 90s, it had a really great sort of underground hardcore uh, ska scene. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, now that we talk, you know, we're talking about this, you know, some of the stuff that got you into music, I mean... I just remember going to see some of these young kids playing in these hardcore kind of alternative bands, some ska. Um, there were some great bands, you know, on the South Shore growing up. And yeah, like Utopian, like Utopian Police Force. There was like Sam Black Church. There was um, Tree and um, Chillmark. These were just some of the, the these just these local bands. And, and you'd go to these little town halls or these churches or these little rented out rooms and people right. would just have so much like the energy in those rooms. And this was like pre cell phone where right. no one was sitting there. Like everyone was like focused on the music and it was, it, you know, you felt that energy in the room and it was just so amazing. And I think like, when I look at that, that's really what made me want, like really want to play in a band. I'm like, this is, I mean, it, you know, the energy that 
that that it brought and that i mean i it's think uh, that's what really fueled my love for music yeah yes. yeah absolutely right on man utopian police force that sounds like an awesome band. yeah yeah. They were a great band. Actually, you you probably remember Dom. Remember Dom from Suburban Sky? That was one of the bands we played with. Oh man, I do remember. I remember yeah, that he... was that was his band growing up, and he lived behind my house. And um, I, and I used know. to hear his band play all the time. They were called Utopian Police Force, and they were kind of like, you know, an alternative. They weren't really like hardcore, but they just had these great, catchy, sort of poppy, heavy songs, and. I, I I remember just sitting on my screen porch, like in the, uh, those summers, just sitting out there listening to their band play. I'm like, wow, like that just sounds awesome. That sounds so cool. And then when I actually got to see them live, I was like, wow, this is this is really cool. And then you know, I've kind of always kept in touch with Dom a little bit here and there since then. And then like when we had a band going, like when we were trying to find like other acts to like you mm-hmm. know put on the bill. I was like, I gotta reach out to Dom. I'm like, see, see if he's he's always got a band going, you know. That's wild, man. I remember. I think I'm pretty sure we played with uh, Suburban Sky at All Asia. I distinctly remember seeing them play at All Asia, and uh, and and they and they did like uh, they did a um, a Chili Pepper cover, uh, Aeroplane. Because I just remember thinking, God damn, that bass player. He was so fucking good. I'm gonna look them up. So Ribbon Sky and Utopian Police Force. Uh, yeah, they were a really good. Band. I not find much with Utopian Police Force, but just because it was like pre-internet. But yeah, yeah. I've After, tried myself. Yeah. It's funny. I sometimes talk to my friends that were always trying to find some old clips. Like every once in a while I'll try to go on YouTube, see if I can find something from like the Plymouth Memorial Hall, like those old hardcore shows in the nineties, and they are uh it's just a lot of fun. I think I'm gonna take our record. I'm gonna put it on 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 Spotify. I'll pay the fee and just have it have it posted. Uh, I really do feel like uh, you know, it's great that it's on Reverb Nation and whatnot. But uh, platforms like Spotify have become such a massive beacon for all things music. And so, yeah, I think I want. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see because you never know. People discover things in all sorts of different ways, and so. I do think a lot about like the music that I've contributed to, you know, finding an audience. Hopefully someday, you know, people will bump into it and they'll just they'll just dig it. Um, so yeah, I think I might do that. I think I might uh, send you guys an email in a little bit. Be like, I'm gonna pay for it. You know, no objections. We're good. Um, yeah, no man, get it out there. Why not? Did you? Uh, so you know, when I. Uh, Another thing we have in common, right? We sort of have this in common is that you and I, we, we married people who are not from the States. Uh, I'm with a Brazilian, you're with a British lady. Was there a lot of a uh, culture shock there? Did you guys, how do you guys handle like your kids? I, I know your kids have US accents, but do they slip into the English accent for fun? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And actually you forget too, because you start you start saying all these like different terms for words that you're not used to, like right, like um, like a popsicle, like 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 all our kids say, can I, Daddy, can I have an ice lolly now, or can I have like you know, mm-hmm. just different, you know, there's just different phrasing or di- different words that that the British use compared to like what you know an American would use, and sometimes you know <laughs> my kids, I notice they'll they'll say something like you know, oh, can you open the boot, where it's like. <laughs> 
and, and everyone's like what is he talking about it's like oh the, the trunk you know of the car you know wow <laughs> or um i mean not a, I, I don't know if it's like a huge culture shock and mm-hmm. i think you know especially where you you know you speak the same language yes the accent's different yeah um you've been to you've been to the uk yeah i've been several times yeah it's great over there i love it it's it's it was definitely different though would you would you live there would you would you consider uh relocating there if the uh terms were right yeah i I mean i could live there for i don't know if i could live there like for a long time just i think the weather would get me i think weather yeah (laughs) it's it i mean it doesn't get as cold as it does here in new england Mm-hmm. but it doesn't get as hot either and you don't get like the nice or sandy beaches like you do around here it's like the temperature is always sort of like a steady you know middle and and it rains a lot over there you know but when you do have one of those but everything's always nice and green over there you know because it rains a lot so when you do have those sunny days yeah. it's really beautiful over there you know and, and like the gardens like that's another thing like compared to like america you know people have these big yards these big gardens and they just kind of like let them go to hell you know and wow we're over there everyone takes pride in their garden and everyone's garden is kind of like you know it's a nice fence there's a nice hedge you know it's not huge but everything is nicely trimmed everything's nice and green <laughs> it just has like yeah i don't know they, they just really take pride in like you know having it you know a nice garden and it's you know and um and but you know the the pubs over there or some of the food like there's, there's nothing like walking down like an old cobblestone street in the city of york and going in this little pub and getting a pint of bitter beer and getting mm-hmm. like a steak and ale pie you know wow. you feel like you're you know something from like the old times you know i guess it kind of it reminds me of like those some of those like old movies where you go in some little pub where there's a fire going on and, uh, that's yeah, one of the things that's, that uh that, that's one of the things that surprised me about bolivia because you wouldn't think when you think beer right you wouldn't think bolivia but there's a there's a really great community of of beer enthusiasts here and there's a lot of micro brews and really interesting ales and uh so yep. That's one of those things too. I realized because I, you know, you, you take that for granted in Boston. Boston's also one of those little hubs for really great microbrews. And... Oh, the craft beer around here is craft, I think. Yeah. I mean, I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just. I mean, beer's just kind of really exploded on the scene, especially the you know the craft scene. And I mean, wow. there's just so many different brews that you can get. You know, when we were young, you know, mm-hmm. in college, you know, you'd have like. Budweiser and Ice House. You get the cheap stuff. Or, yeah. you know, and, and you like, know what you're missing like, out on. Yeah. So, like, whenever you saw like Sam Adams, you're like, whoa, this is something different and wild. Now it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's just a lager, you know? It's just, yeah. a, I mean, it's a damn good lager. I still enjoy like the Boston lager, but the, gosh, there's so much good stuff out there now. It's so. I just remember like going to the Cambridge Brewing Company and just seeing what's in season. Like, just on the beer level, right? Just looking like, oh, I'll take the pumpkin out. All right. And yeah, there's like seasonal beer. <laughs> it's like spring, summer. Yeah, damn. Yeah, All right, man. Sure. Well, we are definitely uh, coming coming to our time. And uh, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed talking to you. I think. Uh, yeah, it was great talking to you too, Mo. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. 
And I know, I know and, uh, you're you're hustling, and bustling. You you got two kids, and and you're uh, you guys have a house you got to maintain. I don't know if I ever want to be a homeowner when it comes to that. Just having to <laughs> take probably smart, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's but, it's got its pros and cons for sure. I yeah, mean, it's great going home, but there's always something. There's to always fix. something to do. Yeah, just yeah, know exactly. that if you're gonna get into it, there's always gonna be something to fix and repair. Jesus, that's all I say. Yeah. <laughs> But it is cool to have in your own place, you know, something, your own piece of land, your own something to call your own for sure. I know, uh, I know we're planning if, if, uh, if anything, we're going to, I'm going to be coming down to the States for the holidays at the end of the year. So I'm definitely going to hit you guys up again. See if we can, we can make a night out of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm down. Maybe, maybe this time with a few instruments at Jam Spot. I think that's yeah. probably it, what's got to happen. It would be great to do. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Definitely. Right, Love to jam again with you, man. Oof. All right. Maybe we'll be, well, maybe we'll be the those old men in the dive bar oh, I, I in do. our la later lives. <laughs> <laughs> with big pot bellies just singing at the front of our lungs. Oh, that's what I want. That's what yeah, I want. Yeah, I already got one. I already got a pot belly. <laughs> I, I got I to keep working on it. You're, you're training. You're training for the spot. Yeah, you know, these, these craft beers, I tell you, they are heavy. Uh, all right, man. Take care yeah. of yourself. Uh, yeah, you too. You too, Mo. Love you, man. To, say hi to the family. Take it easy. Well, too. You too. Take care. All right. Bye, man. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Bye. And you know that that's it. Um, I want to thank Jeff for hanging out with me. I know that um, we don't get to talk nearly as often as, as we should. And uh, to close out the show, we're going to listen to another track. Uh, by Left Hand Does called Airplanes. This track is also from the 2017 release uh, Yekum Chekum, and I'm definitely adding these guys to the Bands to the Gal playlist. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you so much for listening. Peace. <laughs>